Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com with the entire crew here. Spring football marches on as we march on to the spring game. Uh, we've had uh, media access all week. Josh is uh, hitting up a lot of stuff on the recruiting trail. Oklahoma was out uh, yesterday at uh, Fantastic Edition. Uh, and uh, Baker Mayfield is having a, uh, a podcast where everybody seems to have uh, comments on his comments, which, frankly, I didn't think was that big of a deal uh, and is being blown up into, oh, he's ruining his chances at a future because he's talking about teams that everyone else talks about. It was where he was going to land, like, Give me a break, people. I, that, I'm sorry to start off with a rant, in a, in a, but I'm just in that way this morning. Good morning. Uh, it is Thursday. Actually, uh, still barely morning, I guess, uh, as we are recording here. Just back from the office. The whole gang is here. Gentlemen, how are we doing? See, I was going to give somebody else. I was going to give somebody else. <laughs> and I was waiting for Eddie. I was <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am good. Yeah, I, I am. I am hoping that uh, we don't have any prepubescent moments for Josh here. The the allergies kind of have massacred me over the last week. I'm just getting my voice back. You sound there are moments. Today. Yeah, there are moments when the voice will probably crack through this podcast. So there there are a chance for some uh, comedic moments for sure. It's a standoff between Bob and Eddie now. I'm doing well. We're doing East, uh, Easter pictures later today, so fired oh about that. Oh my God! Here we go, Bob. Like, how how far do you pastels. go with those? Yeah, I was gonna say, how far do you go with the Easter <laughs> out? Like, yeah. are you like It'll suit and tie, colors, or yeah. okay? Do you do like do you have like a tie on? Like, is it real formal no. or is it a little more laid back? No, okay, I don't wear okay. ties. <laughs> okay, I I've thought you, about this. Like, when we get into the NIL era. And uh, we start like being more of an agency and getting guys deals with certain people. Like Bob, will you let me go out and dress you? Basically, get you a clothier, a clothier uh, to like spiff. Uh, not that you dress poorly. It's just that you're kind of like me. I can't really rip on you for this. Everything you wear is from Ralph Lauren. Well, during practice sessions, yeah. But I always wear a suit to the game. I know, I know. You dress up. You're, I, I'm proud of you. I'm more proud of you than anyone else, including myself, because you do you do take it seriously. You dress up for games. But I'm just saying, like, can we really dress you up? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're gonna, you're gonna be our pretty woman, Bob. We're gonna we're gonna take you out, get you in all the nice stuff. Like, I just big I, mistake. You know, you're <laughs> you are you are. 
the only non-fat guy on the staff. So like you're you're our only mannequin. Now you're probably too skinny, but you're still skinny. You're 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 good to put clothes on. You're lean. Eddie is coming right after me. I'm ready to see this new and improved. Are you skinny now? (laughs) Yeah. Nutrisystem works that fast. The what? Nutrisystem works that fast. Yeah, basically overnight. (laughs) Unrecognizable. (laughs) It's amazing. That's good. Like a surgeon just came in and just lopped it off. It's all gone now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you get lap band? Yeah. Did you get lap band and didn't tell us? I had a buddy that did that. It worked. BBJ did that. About it. And it worked. Yeah, yeah. A BBJ was constantly cramming food into his mouth, twenty four hours a day. Ah, uh, I mean, it was always vending machines and stuff like that, because <laughs> it's yeah. whatever car dealership he was out at that day. <laughs> sure. So he would raid that. That's the first thing he'd do. He'd raid their vending machines. So. Somebody brought this up in board chat. Do you guys have like a go-to vending machine like order? I don't like I don't do the no. normal stuff like honey buns or like Mm-mm. I'll get like a bag of Cheetos or a bag of fun like the stuff I like anyway. I don't have like a vending machine type of thing. I now, enjoy Jerry? playing chicken with gas station tuna fish sandwiches. Oh god. Oh. No. And oh. like the most foul thing I've ever heard. I mean it, it's, and it's true. I can vouch. He does. It's it's you get gas station tuna fish sandwiches and dill pickle chips. It's the oh, weirdest, strangest that combination uh-huh. uh, that I can think of that I really love. The, but I haven't done the, it in a long time. The gas station, like, and I feel like this was when we were driving everywhere together, Carrie. But like, the you know my order at a gas station. I'll go sunflower seeds. That's about right, the yeah. extent of my eating at a gas station. Ah, uh, well. I live close to a Bucky, so I'll swoop a like a Bucky sandwich with some regularity. That's well, that's different. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. It is. But I, in general, I'm with you, Eddie. Like, I will get like a bag of chips or something. But I'm Lainey is a huge sunflower seed girl. She she got some yesterday. We go once a week to Bucky's, and she gets to pick whatever she wants. And she gets she got sunflower seeds yesterday. I found the bag still in her. Uh, backpack yesterday, so I had to get that out of there so she didn't take it to school. I'm, I'm, I'm too busy to play that game right now, but, you know, every once in a while I just like, you know, flirting with food poison. <laughs> and, you know, just... Who doesn't love to play that game? Getting it to right where up. you just have to puke your guts out and you turn green. Like, that's... Sometimes I just need that in my life. It's like cutting your... It's like people who cut themselves between their toes. <laughs> For some level of satisfaction, I do oh, it with God. gas station tuna fish sandwiches. I, I I can say you have a kindred spirit in the McQuistian family. I took my dad out years ago to have sushi for the first time. And then like a week later, I guess he was at some convenience like store that had sushi. And I was like, <laughs> Dad, you don't get no. No, no, no. Like you can it, like I do have a sushi rule, like I will buy sushi from a grocery store as long yes. as an Asian man is preparing it. And that doesn't speak English very well. I I get it from the H E B down here, and it's actually not half bad. No, the like the um, homeland and the and the uh, uh, crest they have good sushi. Mm-hmm. Crest is better yeah. than homeland. But I'm like gas station. You don't know how long that's been sitting out here. Like it's too close to the heat lamp. There, there's <laughs> nothing good happening there. Don't do that. So anyway, uh, 
back to, well, back to. We didn't never start. That was pointed out to me last week when I said back to football. We never talked football. Uh, since we did 30 minutes of just nonsense last week, you should probably uh, get into spring. And, and there's something that continues to be a topic of conversation with the players that you guys brought up before we were potting. Uh, and it's something that it's, it's somewhere we should start because, I mean, first off, any revelations this week about guys that are standing out um, or guys that are, are impressing coaches and practices? Not, no. I mean, not, not nothing like insane. I, I, I do think that, you know, obviously we talked to DeMarco Murray on Wednesday. Uh, you talked about safeties, really- maybe, maybe more so who doesn't stand out at the safety position. Like it's still just a, a, a big old lumped in group together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it sounds like it's very much a work in progress. Uh, you know, certainly on that's on at safety on the defensive side of the ball, you know, like there's, there's been guys that were mentioned, but I don't think that anybody truly knows what they have until they're able to get them out onto the field. They all look like good athletes, right? Yeah. You, you look at safety. I think we all expect Billy Bowman and Keith Lawrence to be the guys, but as sure. Brandon Hall was quick to point out, yeah, they played a lot last year, but they didn't play at the safety position. So yeah. it's still going to be a work in progress. And I think we all un- we all can understand that when there's no Pat Field and no Turner Real. It's it's going to take a while. You know, I, I I do think that like as we enter what is this week five of spring ball, uh, that it's kind of like there there are certain themes throughout the week. And Monday was kind of meeting a couple of the new guys on the defensive side of the ball and. Uh, Jonah Laulu, as well as TD Roof, but like the one theme with talking to both of them are guys that are coming in with experience, coming in with uh, a little bit of a resume that you know I, I think that makes that transition to Oklahoma a little bit easier, knowing that not only is everybody on a blank slate, but those guys uh, they're not being thrown into the fire, if you will, like a like freshmen. They're they're guys that have kind of been around the block, whether it be at Hawaii or Appalachian State or Georgia Tech or Indiana or wherever. And when you mention Jonah, it gives uh, another like check mark to Miguel Chavis once again. Right? Sure. Everyone that's wondering, why is this guy hired? Why is he making so much money? More than some of the assistants that have been there years and years. More than Todd Bates. This Jonah year, right? gave you another story. Why? Yeah, and uh, like his response to your question, uh, Bob, just as far as like what went into his recruitment, and we talked about being down in San Antonio at the time at the Alamo Bowl when they offered, uh, like I can see all of that unfolding with him talking about getting on the FaceTime with BV and uh, Brent lifting in the background and Miguel Chavis and uh, Brent like basically throwing up alley-oops, I think was the the quote about, uh, you know, how they were going to use him. And just being kind of dynamic and bouncing off one another as far as uh, recruiting. I mean, just in general, uh, that's kind of that was fun to hear. And you know, I I thought Jonah, you know, not only is he a, an extremely large person, and I think that you see that when we saw him out at practice, but uh, you know, I, he kind of goes in line with him and Jeffrey Johnson and uh, you know some of those guys. You know, obviously Dylan Gabriel, but guys that are coming into the program that. You know, it would be a disappointment if they aren't day one, September three contributors against UTEP. Well, and that's, I mean, just kind of as I've been talking to people that have been asking me questions all week about the defense, I think the one thing that people have to have to kind of take into account, and I don't want to make this into 
uh, the doomsday pod or anything, but you know, people say, well, the defense is going to be better, right? Because Brent's there, uh, and you know, they've got all these linebackers now, uh, and you know, this and they'll, you know, these transfers and stuff like that. But still, there are very few players on that team on this roster who have made plays at a consistent level. Sure. At the college level. Yep. Can like, they be all better? those guys are all the guys that made them that they relied on to make the majority of the plays left. They're gone. They graduated. Can they be better be defensively? Weeks. Can they be better defensively just in terms of like like when I think like they're going to be better like the first thing that I think of is just simple things like fucking making a tackle 3 yards behind the line of scrimmage like actually making the tackle. Well, and Not and that's there. yeah, and that's right. something. I mean, just from us going out and watching that practice, like and and you're like, holy shit! Like, look at these guys. Look at they look at these coaches get after these guys. Like, I haven't seen stuff like that in a very long time. Like, I think just effort, uh, intensity, all of that. Like, that will sure. be a, a difference maker from talent. But at the same time, you still have to have talent. I mean, like. No doubt. Baylor played that way, I thought, defensively. Oklahoma State played that way defensively. Uh, and, you know, they had some talented guys. I mean, um, you've got to have talent. And you've got to play really, really hard. Well, and I think what, that, that, you know, like Oklahoma State's a perfect example of somebody that probably, like, when you when you put, when you talk about talent and you talk about uh, just pure athletic ability, I think you'd take the Oklahoma players over the Oklahoma State players, but the Oklahoma State players play defense better. We would all take Dalton do Rodriguez all as linebacker 100% over anybody Oklahoma had last year, even Brian Osamoa. And Brian sure. Osamoa might be drafted ahead of him. But and as it means, turns like, out, if you look Rodriguez at them, tested really well. I think that was a little bit surprising. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. like, I, but like, I, I think athletes. that there's an argument to be made there that they can be a better defense. And it's not like it, the other thing that's kind of fun to think about if you're an Oklahoma fan is like, they're not taking over a group that went three and eight. It's not like a dysfunctional no. program. And I know that's been said time and time again. It's not like they were five and seven last year. Sure. Like it, it's not a dysfunctional system right now. It's just needs some tweaks. And I think that, you know, they can, they can be better without what I think a lot of people would look at as wholesale changes. Who will be the first player that Brent Venables bans from talking to the local media? <laughs> Is it just because they're too honest? <laughs> can't, can't bring that, that really, to the table. Josh. That really uh, we can you we can get into that. That shit went, drives me crazy. I mean, you really does. went Josh, in on Josh it on took, Twitter. Took the brunt of that. Yeah, Th that's that's a trigger for me. Like, and and I, explain the situation for people that don't know. Yeah. Okay. So I I, I don't know when Ajomo made his comments, but Moro Ajomo was last a defensive Thursday. lineman for Texas. Okay, last Thursday. Yeah. And I think I, I didn't hear the lead up. I, like people were like, "Oh, look at Josh trying to spin it against Texas." All I read was the quote. I have no context of any sort of spin or anything like that. But he basically said the culture has been a problem. We've got these young guys coming in, and they want to be on Sixth Street and taking pictures, and they're worried about NIL and all this other stuff instead of how do we make this team better? And they're talking about, "Oh, we're going to change things. We're going to make it better." And Guys, anybody that has – and I covered Moro because OU really tried to recruit him when he was a high school senior at Katy. That's a really sharp kid, really smart. He gets it. He's not a malcontent. He, he's nothing – like, he is not the guy you make an example of. And so I guess 
those comments got around. I missed them. I didn't see him at all. And this is kind of what I'm talking about. Steve Sarkeesian chooses to announce to the media. Again, he doesn't like a Jomo announcing things to the media, but he announces to the media that a Jomo has been suspended or not, not suspended, but has, will not be speaking to the media for the foreseeable future. Because of what? Because he said something everybody knows. Because he cared that, about the program too much. He cared too Texas much. has culture problems. Oh shit, that's not breaking news. What, what are we talking about here? Like anybody that's watched that program for the last decade knows they've got culture problems. Hell, they had culture problems at the end of the Mac Brown era, which was their most functional period of football in 50 years. Like, what are we talking about here? That The program has problems that have nothing to do with the talent of the football players or what they say in front of the media. So, And everybody's like, well, he should handle that in-house. Yeah, I agree. He should. At the same time, accountability doesn't end at the locker room door. Like, you can, some guys, you're not going to reach that way. Some guys need to be, you know, like, hey, what you're doing, everybody knows it's not enough. And so the next time... Some guy sees some freshman out there having a great time in 6th Street. They're going to be like, he's one of the guys Moro Jomo's talking about. Like, that accountability, I, I, I just, I never understand why coaches silence honesty. It's not hurtful. There's nothing that nobody knew. That's not going to change that program in any way. It's just, it's, he said something that makes Steve Sarkeesian look bad, and Steve Sarkeesian doesn't like it. It was we. I mean, it, it, it's the first time we've seen something like that happen in the era of NIL, when a coach just said, "I'm going to restrict my players from media coverage." Well, I mean, other than the guy that was in charge in Norman last year. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just wiped that out of my probably, memory. Yeah, I probably only cost Caleb Williams a couple million dollars. No big deal. <laughs> it also seems like that you know, coming from uh, Moro, it seems like you know, just everybody that kind of stuck up for him over the last couple of days. It's like, I'm sure that this isn't the first time that he's spoken aloud about this outside or inside the locker room. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would imagine he's tried to do this in house and it hasn't resonated. It hasn't worked. Sure. So he went to this you, Avenue, but then you hear Josh tampering, try to get Morrow to be a sooner <laughs> when spring's over. You don't speak it that clearly and that concisely. The first time you've ever had the thought. He's he's done this. Like, there's no way. And, again, if he was some Texas kid, and there's plenty of players in that roster that I don't know, and I'm not saying I know him well or we're close, but I knew him, and I knew, you know, like, coaches that knew it. Like, I have enough familiarity with him to say, this is a good kid that was absolutely trying to do the right thing. And I get it if Starkeesian wants to sit him down and be like, hey, man, you know, maybe maybe let's not do it that way. That, that's fine. Like, I understand that. That's okay. But to punish him? That's ridiculous. That that's just absurd, and it it really it make and the problem with Sarkeesian is doing what he's done makes it look a he shined a brighter light on it because like I said I missed a Jomo's comments until Sarkeesian said what he said. Secondarily, when you do it, you make it you give it credibility. You make it look like we're afraid of being accountable. Well, it's kind of what, funny, too, that it's all on top of, like, when you're talking about accountability and stuff like that, and then you have an assistant coach that has an ex-stripper wife that had a monkey that bit a kid's hand off. Like, <laughs> but, but you know, that, that's I not, mean, a, that's not just, embarrassing the program. I didn't nope. even think about that. That completely escaped and my memory base. You want to talk oh about accountability? God. Like, get the f*** out of here, Sarkeesian. Well, but, I, I kind of like him, but stuff like that just infuriates me. 
What I was going to say is he's telling Moro to keep it in house, but shouldn't you keep it in house about Moro not being allowed to speak to the meat? Like why, why do you phrase it like that and put that out to the, to, to the public? Well, and the other thing is why, why doesn't, why the, the, the problem where it looks really bad is, is that you have a kid that obviously cares about your program. Uh, and it's easy for us to, you know, talk about this high up from our, you know, pulpits and stuff like that. Uh, we're not there every day. But, you know, I think I know so many people on that beat and I follow them on Twitter and I see their reactions. And I, I it's, it's got to, it's, I think for them, it has been very frustrating to be beat writers at Texas because the fans are always pissed off. Uh, they're never winning like they should be. And it just makes for a miserable experience for everybody. So, let me ask you this, Steve Sarkeesian. You're a coach that this player who cares about the program, cares about you know the culture of the program, it's so bad that he has nowhere else to go but the media to voice his frustrations. Like, that's on you, Sarkeesian. Like, that's that's something that you've allowed to happen. That you you have a culture that is so, you know, been so toxic that these players don't feel like they can address these things with and you know that he's tried to address it with the younger guys. You know he's just he's fed up. He he knows that nothing he says is going to change things. And so he said it. Like it was the last I, I would assume it was the last straw for him. And for Sarkeesian yeah, that, not to recognize that, that's the failure here to me. It's the ultimate irony, or I guess not irony, but it's just the ultimate, like in comparison to what is happening in Norman when to a man, every guy that we've talked to this week, or I mean, uh, this spring, whether it be, you know, an offensive lineman or a linebacker, whoever, it doesn't matter. Bob, the soul program has come up almost every time, whether it be Curtis Lofton's name or Ryan Young or Josh Norman, like just guys that can, you can go talk to about shit like this. Yeah, they get through the mental health hurdles. I mean, no one's denying that these exist, but this is what's in place to try to get you through those 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 difficult parts that come along with the college experience. And believe me, I, I say all that knowing, like, I don't know how much that's going to really help them on Saturdays. I don't know how much that's going to help them getting over the hump in a college football playoff, but I think it's all part of this bigger picture. And I think it helps when you're, especially when you're building a program like Brent is right now in his first couple months, or even like Sark is trying to do, and apparently not doing a very good job about it in his first year in Austin, or I guess now second. Yeah, I, and you know where it helps, Eddie, is in the off season when guys are left sure. to their, you know, their own. Yeah, I mean, no there's doubt. no coaching going on, uh, but there's mentoring going on. Yeah, and I've always thought that like that's also. And, you know, I think what Moro has always said, what, 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 what he said is right, that, you know, it's just such a different environment. I've never lived in Austin, so I don't truly know it, but I party down in Austin. I feel like I, I kind of know the lay of the land. I know that there's a lot more to do. Uh, you know the there problems. Than, you know, say somebody. Somewhere <laughs> he knows like, how much trouble you can get into. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I, I get it. I, what he said is right. And I think that's, you know, part of the problem that's been down there, but. Uh, you can't help fix the problem unless you admit the problem. Sark of all well, people should know that. I'm not joking. Yeah. Like, yeah, he should have, he should have, he, he really should have said, well, we need to have a discussion.
Like sure, he yeah. should have addressed I, that his his comments. It's instead almost of like just, he got hurt by it. Yeah, like like that was a per, like like he almost thought it was a personal shot at him, which I guess it could kind of be because he's in charge of the program. I don't know that that whole thing. It just like it's another one of those Texas things that you go. You guys are making a lot bigger problems for yourselves than I think you need it to be. Well, well guys, what? Yeah, go ahead, Josh. What fo- what football coach gets sore about uh, like he took a like? Okay, say say it was a little shot at you, man. Take it as criticism and figure it out. Like, okay, Morrow's going to lead a group of team leaders where we're going to meet once a week and we're going to talk about things. Yeah, come that up with we the need leadership to like, like you can come up. Yeah, though, there's a million ways you could do that to make that a constructive moment rather than. Oh, yet again, Texas has embarrassed itself nationally. Like I, I, I like I just I. Now, and part of this is personal. Like I never get the silencing of the of of just honesty, and I don't know. Like I, I asked somebody, it was like, name me the regime, the moment when that's ever gone well. Someone who would just being honest and not being nasty or divisive or anything like that, just telling an honest truth to an honest question. Like, when did that go well that that got silenced? Like, I can't think of, and I'm a big history guy. Like, people that do those kind of things, and I'm not comparing Sark to these terrible people, but usually they're tyrants. Like, that that's what you're talking about here. That's not someone who's working with other people and hearing other voices. It's just me, my message. I don't really care what anybody else thinks about it. Um, the one thing, the one thing I will say about what Eddie was talking about, Texas is in a little bit of a catch 22. Because a big part of what they sell is Austin's a big city. It's so different than most college towns. We've got all these great amenities and like we've got Sixth Street and it's a ton of fun for all our college students and blah, blah, blah. Well, you've got to sell that. And then as soon as the kid gets on campus, it's like, don't go there. Don't, don't go over there. There's nothing but trouble there. Like it's a really tough line because a big part of your sales pitch, almost the second the kids can cash in on it, you don't want them near it. It is. I mean, that's the thing about recruiting, too. It's like, you know, you sell what you can sell, but are you selling the right things? And I think, yep. you know, you, you're left wondering, like, Lincoln Riley and the way that he recruited, big-time recruiter, but was he selling the right things to get the right kind of kids into his program? And, yeah, I, did you guys see the story? And I hate bringing this up because it's such clickbait. Uh, but the story about uh, Lanning, uh, you know, his sales pitch to recruits versus Lincoln Riley or and kind of the negative recruiting that's going on with Lanning and Lincoln Riley. And I don't know, like, I think they just got some quotes from a recruit and kind of. Uh, well, they took the Josh Connerly stuff. Basically. Okay. Yeah. That, was it yeah. all Connerly quotes in there? But basically saying that. Uh, Landing is going to keep winning recruiting battles against uh, Lincoln Riley because he's building an SEC-type program uh, in Oregon, and they're the only ones that can claim any kind of SEC lineage, while Lincoln Riley is the guy that ran to USC to avoid the, the SEC, which I think is hilarious as just a theory. I don't know how true that is, uh, but it was coming from like the, the USC... Uh, USA Today aggregation site. So I'm not sure how reputable right. that is. I don't know who that person is. Yeah. I I just, I love the, the irony, and I posted about it on one of the threads on the board, that Lincoln leaves because of this, and he gets 
Oregon NIL money to deal with, along with the SEC doggiest of recruiters, Dan Lanning, is now like, and when he took the job, those things were not together in his world. Like, he walked into his nightmare, basically. <laughs> a massive program with money that can outspend his own, you know, the only program in his time zone that can spend money like he does now has a guy that literally is like, this is SEC West. Like, we're making this the SEC West. And Oregon has the money, the resources, and the commitment to do it at a large level. Yeah. And hire Tosh. Oh, my. I mean, Tosh and Clem, that is literally saying, I don't give a f***. Like, I'm doing whatever I want here. I'm going to recruit however I want to. Nobody's going to say anything about it. Like, those guys... they're assassins. I mean, there's there's no other way to say it. Those dudes are killers, and they will do it by any means necessary. Well, and one of the things, guys, that I thought we should get into, Bob and, and Eddie's what you were talking, um, you know, before we went on, uh, just off the air, uh, as we were kind of hooking it, hook, hooking everything up. But the continued confusion you come away with uh, when you talk to players about how things are this year versus how they were a year ago? Just from even an X's and O's standpoint, we talk a lot about like culture and accountability, but now when you start talking specifically to the defensive backs and even breaking more down to the cornerbacks, you get a feel of like what was being taught in that room last year when you're hearing like Jay Valai is actually working with every individual cornerback on their strength and their weakness. Like he doesn't coach Kenai Walker and Jaden Davis the same way. And that makes a lot of sense, duh, based on their body type and all, all the, all that stuff. But you almost want like, what was the foundation of how they taught that position last season? Try to put it together. just a terrible analogy because I'm good at that, but it's almost like, it, it, talking to Woody Washington uh, last week, right, Bob? We, we talked to him last week. Yes. It was like basically asking – it'd be like asking a golfer to go to a hit, a baseball hitting coach for swing lessons. That's kind of what they were going through last year, and especially at the cornerback position. Because I remember talking to him about, uh, you know, just basically like his relationship with Jay – and kind of getting to know him and like he didn't come out and say it and I told you guys this before we started is like I like being coached by somebody that knows what he's talking about is is kind of what I got that's not verbatim what what he said but that was the same idea of we're actually being coached by somebody that has played the position that was a spirit of what he was saying but played it at a high level has coached it at a high level we're getting hands-on technique that you know, I, I think anybody that has watched Oklahoma play in the secondary in the last, uh, you know, handful of seasons knows, like, how many times have they been there and it's just out of their fingertips or they haven't been able to get their hands on the ball. And I think that, like, a lot of that, as as much as we like to say that, you know, the, the game is is based on inches, it's like, I would have to think having better technique, being coached by somebody that can give you just that little bit of insight into maybe how to get there a half of a tenth of a second faster, that's going to help. That's what Jaden Davis preached, you know, all about turnovers, takeaway equal victory. Like we heard that for three years. 
Jaden's like, well, the way you get that is through the details. And that's sure. what oh, Jay Vali is really hammering home. There's no doubt that, you know, when we were out there on that uh, Friday morning when they did all the hitting in front of us, you know, that speech that Brent gave kind of at the end before we left talking about how the program's going to be built on uh, attention to detail. Like, you can, that is a mantra that is within the program right now, not, you know, take over, uh, you know, the the bullshit speed D stuff like that. You know, I, I and I think it comes with this, is that, Sometimes you don't, I, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty common saying. I've used it forever. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Um, and, and until they saw this staff come in and do the things they did, I don't think they realized what they weren't getting in the other side. It's the same thing with me. It's like, okay, this staff has come in and, and we're out there watching practice. I'm like, man, like Bryn is getting in people's faces and, and look at Ted Roof out there. And I mean, he is just in people's faces and Miguel uh, Chavis is in people's like, it, there's so much energy on the practice field and it's not just cheerleading. It's like legit getting your hands in the dirt uh, with those guys. And it's not just Brent working out with people, but um, it, it it's just, it was different. And it, it just, in you know, you see the players come back and talk about it, and you think back on it, and you're like, yeah, those guys were really worried about image and, uh, you know, kind of uh, coming up with slogans and this and that. It, and it wasn't, it didn't seem as player-centric as it does now, both away from the practice field and on the practice field. Yeah, it's just, and it's also just also support. I don't know about surprising, but it's just there's a sense that they wanted that. And it's kind of like you said, they didn't know really what they wanted, but they knew that they needed something more. Uh, and I think, you know, particularly by the time that they got to the middle of the season. And you remember when, like, we heard some stuff about, you know, like, do, do the players really believe in what they're doing? Uh, you know, I think that you and IT talked about it on the IT show just as far as, uh, you know, truly believing in the system that Alex had brought with him. And especially when it didn't work uh, or when it worked and then, you know, they were supposed to make that jump and then they didn't make that jump there in the third year. It just like, I think that there was obviously some, some questioning as far as what they were doing. And, you know, I, even though Brent has not won a game as a head coach, I think that, you know, the staff that he put together, obviously they have a track record uh, and particularly a guy like a Todd Bates that, you know, talking to Jordan Kelly, just like learning technique stuff that he said that he didn't even know about and like where to line up on splits and stuff. It just like that. The little stuff is just like. It's amazing to me that. This stuff wasn't being. I guess learned in a way or taught in a way. And then Guys, you, and you hear it. Offensive lineman, we had Anton Harrison, Chris Murray. You translate that to Jerry Schmidt with strength and conditioning. And again, yeah. it's, you know, these guys, they knew they needed something. They didn't know what until it showed up. Well, I think they just needed attention. Like, truthfully, like I, I it after talking to Anton and uh, Chris Murray yesterday, it just seems like. Benny Wiley just did not. And I think that, you know, obviously the strength numbers on up front kind of showed, but it's like they just didn't get any attention more so than Specialized maybe the skill attention. position guys. Yeah. 
And then you flip that over and, you know, Jerry's the exact opposite. He knows that football, just in general, the game's going to be won offensive line, defensive line. And that's why he kind of takes those guys under his wing. And even even a guy like, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting that uh, Anton talks about kind of his budding relationship with Phil Lodeholt. Like, it's just amazing to me, like some of the stuff that they've brought in and, uh, you know, maybe that's just a focus on expanding the uh, support staff and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, having having a Phil Lodeholt, having a John Cooper uh, around the program right now, I mean, those guys know, absolutely know what they're talking about. I think, and then being able to relate to those guys, having been in those exact spots before, uh, you know, I think that's the kind of stuff, again, how much does that, how much does that truly in the grand scheme of things mean you're going to completely look like a different team on the football field come Saturday in the fall? I don't know, but I think that it plays, even if it's a small part in what they're trying to build, uh, I think it does play a part. By the way, we want to get back to, I think Josh had some thoughts too. We want to get back to that. Um, but also I want to tell you guys, the uh, promo that we tried with Dead Soxy was the, it was a total and complete failure uh, where you're going to get home runs based off of... Uh, they got one. Uh, you know, you're going to get discounts based off of how many home runs they hit. Well, they hit one. So we can do better than 10% off. And uh, Dead Soxy has decided to go ahead and pretend like, well... There was the game in Lubbock. How many did they have that, that night, Eddie? Did they have four? Uh, well, five in Amarillo. Five. Five in Tuesday, or, yeah. Yeah, on the midweek thing. Uh, yeah. So 40% off is what we're going to do. Use that. Use a new promo code. It's SCOOP. Don't use uh, Boomer. Use SCOOP, and you can get 40% off your offer at deadsoxy.com. Beautiful. Uh, and uh, it's a great deal, one of the best deals that you'll have uh, all year. So if you've been on the fence about trying Dead Soxy, Get off it and, and run to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Get yourself some of the retros. Get yourself some of the Maker Bayfields. Uh, get yourself uh, some of the state uh, logos. It's just, they're great socks. They're fantastic. Get the uh, I, I wear the Oklahoma socks still uh, anytime I do like a radio remote or anything like that. Um, but they, they are super comfortable, super perfect. And you want to throw some no-shows? Hey, it's getting beautiful outside. Uh, time to stock up on All those no-shows as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, 40% off. Just use that promo code SCOOP. And as always, uh, stay Soxy, and we appreciate Dead Soxy uh, for being a big part of this show. Uh, get, now, those no, get, get those no-shows and just throw them in the, uh, the locker at the club, and you'll be fine. I, I love playing golf in them. You got a locker at a club? I don't, but our okay. listeners do. Yes. And they invite me to play at those clubs with them. So I'll drink the club specials <laughs> and chill in the men's grill with you, and uh, we'll go from there. How about that? By the way, they're not a sponsor, but uh, if you're a big golfer, um, and I have friends that work over there at Infant, Infant Crisis Center, they got a raffle going on right now. Yes. Uh, it's uh, They're only giving away 100 tickets, but if you pay yep. $1,000... Uh, you get to play some of the best courses in Oklahoma. That's Southern Hills. Uh, yep. That's uh, the Oklahoma City Golf and Country Club, right? That's on there. Yep. Uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I actually, uh, I will, I, I, it's funny you say that, Gary. I told somebody that I would tweet about that today. I was uh, talking to a buddy, and I have the thing right in front of me right now. The Territory courses, Duncan is on there. 
Yep, Summer Hills Creek. Territory, OKC, Desert Mountain, and Scottsdale, the Patriot, uh, up in Owasso, which is a beautiful club. Golf Club of Oklahoma and Broken Arrow. Dornick just got uh, redone over, I think they just opened back in, I want to say November, uh, after they completely redid the course. Uh, beautiful Prairie Dunes, where they're having the Big 12 Championship coming up here in a couple weeks. Karsten, obviously, up in Stillwater. And then uh, Oak Tree National uh, are the 10 courses. So I think it's you and a, a foursome get to play all those courses if you win the round. Yes. So yeah, one winner will receive a round of golf for a foursome at all of the following golf courses. So I mean, it's that's a that's literally a golfer's dream to be able to play those. Does 10 it have courses. the link on there? Where do they go? Is it infantcrisis.org? Uh, yes, I believe so. It is. No, it's not trying to work. Infant-crisis.norgforgood.com. Infant dash crisis dot network for good dot com and that is network for good all one word network for good dot com okay so uh or just google infant crisis center uh and i'll, tr- I'll tweet it out on my uh on the on the twitter yeah account but you know I I, do that. i've known people that work there for a long time it's a great organization for sure and then you know if you don't win I did their bingo if you don't win then you get a thousand dollars off or a thousand dollar donation that you'll be proud to to have so and i uh, think we're doing it again next year so look forward to that great people all right uh i know josh you you uh i think do we want to get into kind of your thoughts on on hearing things from coaches about you know this year last year that kind of stuff or would you like to get into some of the miles t stuff that uh is floating out there We've we've talked um about some of the stuff that i've heard from coaches and stuff but as you know, more guys get around the, you know, getting up there for spring practice and bringing their recruits by and, and just, you know, have even just coaches that the, the staff knows and is familiar with. And, you know, they're just conversations kind of float around. And, you know, Eddie was talking about, you know, and you guys were both kind of talking about the, um, just the level of information these guys were getting at times. Part of it just feels like, attention like just just you know like guys being uh, you know i i and i heard you guys both mention you know kind of the offensive line kind of doing things similarly uh maybe to some of the skill guys there wasn't really much specialization in the snc stuff and i don't i mean we've beaten this drum a lot I, I think it's pretty clear where this podcast comes out on where some of the problems were over the last few years but you know, you, you uh, talking to some people that were on campus here during during spring ball, and it just sounds like it, it's not just us talking about. I mean this this was a serious problem for this program is where they were with the attention to details. Um, you know, and you know, you you talk to people who are like, well, of course they were winning. They were still the most. I mean. Who in the Big 12 comes anywhere near Oklahoma's level of talent? And, you know, say whatever you want to about Lincoln Riley and his ability as a play caller. You mix those two things together, you're going to win a lot of football games. Now, once you run into people that are more well-prepared and have more talent, you're going to be down 28 nothing in the first quarter with Kyler Murray as your quarterback. Like, that's the kind of stuff that, like, people that are looking at it now, they're like, that shouldn't have surprised anybody. That, that should, like... It's probably surprising that it wasn't worse than it was because 
you had a uh, a culture that was built around stars, and then secondary guys kind of went unseen, unheard, kind of forgotten. And you know, again, with with the strength the strength program being where it was, OU got bullied up front time and time again. And guys, there's you know, I, I was talking to to somebody that that had a chance to to see some practices here recently, and. They, you know, I was talking to him about some of the offensive line talent, and they listed off multiple guys they really liked. And this, I mean, this this is somebody who would know. And you're like, why? Why did they struggle so much last year? Because all the guys he's talking about, they were all on campus last year. And I, I'm going to have some more kind of detail on that conversation in tomorrow's scoop. But from a broader perspective. It's just those guys just weren't prepared. They they weren't ready, and I don't mean that on Bill. I mean they physically were getting bullied by guys that they were more talented than because for a variety of reasons, but largely, you know, just because they weren't physically where they needed to be. And I, I think that has clearly been a focal point of what they've done, and that's not news. I'm not breaking anything there, but it, it's it's just jarring how clear the report is like it, it's there's no deviation there's not like a well you know that's not fair you know there there was this going on and nobody saw that and i mean sure is revisionist history always going to happen when you have a regime change sure that, that that's part of it but i mean people that don't have any connection to the university like that were just there you know visiting because they've got a recruit that's a player or whatever the case may be there's there's no mix up. I mean like it's just so much crisper right now. The the energy is very different and you know they're like it, it's one spring. You're not going to go crazy, but I, I was talking to somebody yesterday he goes, "Wait till the fall. These guys will be these guys will look like different players, especially up front where they are going to be just totally different body types to begin with, but they're going to be stronger because of it. I mean they're they're this summer is going to beat the life out of them. And they'll be better players. Like it just, it feels like these guys were rarely, rarely pushed to the level that you have. I mean, again, harder than anything the four of us have ever done. Like I'm not saying that, but I'm saying at the level to compete with Alabama, Ohio State, those kind of schools. Oh, oh, oh you wasn't playing in the same field. It, it wasn't even close. Anything else? Uh, just that stood out to you guys this week with the. Uh just what you're hearing from the players or the coaches? Not really. Wednesday was kind of a light day uh, because a couple guys had classes. So we didn't, we were going to speak with, I believe Marcus major was going to come in. He had treatment. Uh, treatment. Oh, he had treatment. Okay. Yes. Uh, And so, no, not really. I mean, it was good to hear from DeMarco just as far as the running back room. I feel like, you know, it it continues to kind of build some uh, momentum for Marcus Major. He's just going to have to do it on the field. It's like, it's kind of interesting. I think that DeMarco was uh, asked about it, uh, you know, just the idea of, like, he's been around. He just hasn't really played a whole lot. So he doesn't have a whole lot of uh, tread on the tires. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how, you know, if, if they can, if he can be that guy late in games that they turn around and hand the ball off to. Obviously, it's going to, you know, be dependent on him holding on to the football. Uh, but you know, I, I'm excited to see Javante Barnes in the spring game just to see kind of how he stacks up with everybody else. And I'll go back to 
last week because last week on the pod, what did I say? They did nothing to make the spring game special in trying to get fans there. And then you had Brent's call to action last oh, yeah, Friday. Friday. Hey, do you look foolish? Yes, he. That's like that is something that might resonate. But that's what you know, saying show up with pride. Don't call you. You don't say hashtag o u d n a, and then the stadium's like half full for the spring game. Show up with pride and show that this. You know, we're saying every single thing matters. Well, fans showing up with all the recruit, all the recruits in town and stuff like that. That's gonna matter next weekend. I people are gonna show up. I still. People show up. I, I Weather would, be, I would be almost be shocked if there's gonna if there's less than, I don't know what what's a good number like fifty five thousand. I would be shocked if there's less than that. But I, that, that I was gonna say sixty. I, I would be surprised if it's under sixty. They See, I th- and I think that that's a. I mean, that's a tremendous. That's a spring football game. Look around at what some of these other schools. It's like A and M. Crazy as they are, they had like thirty. Yeah, like I, I think it's going to be a massive crowd. It's going to be a massive day down in Norman. It's going to be fun. Uh, there's a ton of alumni coming back into town. I think they're having a, like a golf tournament on Friday. Uh, it's just going to be kind of a big celebration. It's going to be it's going to be cool. Need to hit uh, hit up Joe C and ask him if the Fletcher's stand's going to be open. I would assume that, and like there's been a, also people, and I know people have asked on the board. I assume that they're going to be. You can buy tickets on the day of the game. I don't understand why they wouldn't. I think that would be a just a terrible marketing plan, to be honest with you. So uh, I I I think that if you don't, I would buy tickets before you come. But uh, you know, if you wake up Saturday morning, want to get down there by three, I would imagine that you can get a ticket. It's before pretty you go easy. In. I mean, I had to look it up the other day. It's pretty easy to find tickets. I mean, you just go sure. Soonersports.com. Well, shit, you can buy it on your phone and just yeah. It's, Mobile, t- mobile yeah, you don't even need a, whatever. You don't really need a ticketing window. Just buy it on your phone. Sure. Yeah, we're nine days out. No severe weather possibility. I think it's supposed to be maybe high 70s, low 80s, and very windy, I think. Yeah. And that sounds like, a, to... uh, sounds like a spring day in Oklahoma. I think there's like a chance of rain, uh, but who knows? It's not I mean, severe. It's Oklahoma. Sure. Yeah. Listeners not out have there. To, like, move the game to Friday like they did. Uh, a couple years ago. Listeners out there, when the weather turns, I want you to tweet at Bob Prisbillo for yes. his curse that he has laid down at your feet. And I apologize in advance for his actions. So it's coming now. Like it, 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 we're, we're getting eye to the twisters now. It's, it's, it's about to happen. You just freaked me out there a little bit. I was like, man, did I miss a curse word from Bob? Then I got to edit it. <laughs> We don't. We we I, do I mean, not edit Bob curses. I'm Bob just, curses live forever. I'm just worried that Eddie's going to blow away if it's windy. If, you know, s- small Eddie. If Eddie turns sideways, can you even see him anymore? Like I, I've heard rumors. There, there's there's stories out there. I'm going to just let this keep going. It's good for my ego. <laughs> you know, the whole time he's going to be on the treadmill an extra thirty every night. Now that this is out mm-hmm. there, getting it. I just don't eat anymore. It's, My doctor presented this really interesting thing. So I eat, but then I have to throw up 30 minutes afterwards. <laughs> your doctor presented that, huh? Yeah, it's well, really strange. Was your doctor working, behind though. the Seven Eleven? Yeah, just go eat uh, dinner with Carrie at Seven Eleven all week. <laughs> just, yeah. just get that tuna. Just keep playing. Yeah, sooner or later, you're going to hit the jackpot. Keep playing gas station tuna sandwich roulette. Yeah. 
You will hit the jackpot Just eventually. Absolutely insane move. Um, but no, I mean, I think that, you know, it, 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 it's just a continuation of everything that we've talked about during the spring. I, you know, I, I am particularly interested, hoping we get Bill this week, uh, in the week coming the plan, up. Yeah. Bill and Bates. Yep. Bill and Bates. Yeah. That will be, I, I think maybe the, the, mo- the two most interesting just kind of parts of the spring, just in terms of like development on both the, those sides of the football, just because, like the offensive line is just obviously, you know, there's going to be a lot of intrigue into, you know, who ends up being that starting five. Uh, I, I I just want to be able to hear kind of where that thing is at right now. And I know that they've been beat up a little bit. Uh, you know, Rames has been beat up at times. I think they had a concussion at one point. Uh, but, you know, I, I it, talking with Chris Murray yesterday, I, you know, Anton Harrison, there's just so much to like, but uh, you know, I, the, the word is the keywords consistency and just what you're going to get from him, uh, you know, down to down. So they need to make some jumps, but you know, I, I think it is, there are, there are some positives there. That's for sure. By the way, uh, Baker Mayfield, if you'd like to come on the pod, uh, next week to promote your appearance, yeah, give us a call, reach out to Eddie. We'll set it up. Since you're doing all the pods now. Baker and Eddie are back to being buds. I hope the that Baker's, I hope that bromance redevelops someday. Yeah, I don't think it ever died. The the Baker thing is that that whole like I don't under and I, I tweeted about this yesterday. I don't understand how people can talk about it. Like at some point, it just everybody needs to wipe their hands clean from it. It's a divorce that has gone through. They're somehow still living together. Like, just at some point, you need to pack up your bags and move out. I know that's not like his choosing. Maybe it's like he has moved out, but all of his stuff is still over there. At some point, you need to go get your stuff and just everybody needs to move in different directions. Like, obviously, the Baker, I mean, uh, the the Browns blog boys are going to stick up for the Browns because right. that's what that's what blog boys do. They're fans. They're they're fans of the team. They're not fans of Baker Mayfield. If Baker Mayfield was winning 13 games a year for him and taking them to the AFC Championship every year, it'd be a different story. Like, and then Oklahoma fans on the other side also need to probably admit a little bit that Baker needs to play better. He's going to get another opportunity somewhere. Like, I just don't understand how people can keep talking about it. Like nobody's gonna change their minds on it. Yeah. Well, it just it just was to the point where Baker hadn't really said much lately. Sure. And the funny thing about it is it. it was an hour over an hour long podcast. And the only bullet points that they brought out of it were him saying looks like Seattle, uh, and saying that he felt, you know, yeah, certain ways about things. And it was also recorded a couple weeks ago, so it's kind of like in the world that we live in, I guess, kind of old, quote unquote, by in terms of like newsworthy. But it just and and the and the other thing that was funny, too, is like all morning on uh, the you know morning sports debate shows. It's like, should Baker Mayfield feel disrespected by Cleveland? It's like, who the fuck are we to say? <laughs> of course, he's going to feel disrespected. Do you know anything about Baker Mayfield? That's the thing. They told the guy that he was going to come back next year. They had committed to him. And two weeks later, they're getting they're signing a guy that has. 22 sexual assault allegations. Like, of course he's going to feel. I would be alarmed if he wasn't. 
disrespected by the way that that thing's kind of ended in Cleveland. Who wouldn't be? It's just Baker right. saying it. Like, I, I, and the people like the people that are acting like, oh, he's hurting himself. Yeah, those other teams had no idea that Baker Mayfield <laughs> is kind of an outspoken person, or that like, his, are you or that me? after watching Matt Ryan get a third round draft pick, a former MVP, like he has all this value that he's losing. Yes, I, it's it's like the guy that was trying to convince me that the. The other thing that people aren't considering in Sarkeesian suspending Ajomo is Ajomo made a reference to underage drinking on 6th Street. Yeah, because people are pretty unaware of what college football players are, and, and college students in general are doing in their downtime. Like, yeah, there's no alcohol happening amongst our little choir boys. Like, shut up. Like, everybody knows the score of Baker. Don't, don't be that way. It's just, I, I, I get so mad when people just like, oh, this really obvious thing, we're going to be pissed off about it. Like, no. Like, there's going to be teams that don't want Baker because he is the way he is, but that's fine. There's others that don't care. That's someone he that got, just couldn't handle it. He liquor. got offended by the Kansas players for not shaking his hand. <laughs> He's petty. Same guy. I love it about him. He's petty. No, and that and and that's the funny thing. Like, in full circle – those little reasons are part of the reason why he ascended up the draft boards. Those, that's one of the reasons why Cleveland took him because he has that don't give a shit attitude. And then when things went wrong, they pointed at him and said, well, these are all the reasons that we're going to have to move on. It's like, well, he also didn't have, the, he didn't have the people there that drafted him either. Sure. Yeah. 100%. I, I get that. Like, but no, I and, love the, and I also love the talking down to Baker. Like, you got to understand this is what this is what a professional football environment is like. Yeah, everybody knows the score. It still doesn't feel good. And it's okay for him to say, "Yeah, I feel dicked over." Cuz he yeah. was. Like does and that, anybody I think see that, like, it otherwise? In the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things too, that's like just from the, I didn't sit down and listen to the entire uh, podcast, but I do appreciate just like that was the baker I think that we kind of knew as far as some of the stuff that I heard and just him being able to sit down and kind of lay everything out and even the stuff about talking about the fans and like, yeah, like what professional athlete wouldn't like to go to a job and boo the shit out of somebody. (laughs) And then he gets like, he's the bad guy for saying it. It's like, so we want to hear these guys always give insightful answers that we appreciate. And then we shit on them when they do. Yeah. And then when they do, it gets clickbait to death and it's so hypocritical. Yeah. It's so hypocritical. No doubt. You bitch guy. about access that... and you bitch about not ever getting yep. to interview people. It's like I saw Barstool kind of send out a shitty tweet like Baker Mayfield goes on his best friend's podcast and in yeah. in wines. Like they're just mad because he didn't go on a Barstool podcast. I mean, everybody can see through that stuff. Sure. And and how can anybody look at Baker Mayfield and be like, you should act like a professional, like Deshaun Watson? Wait. wait. <laughs> Like, and I don't by the get, way, like, Aaron Rodgers goes. Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee's show and says shit that gets people stirred up all the time too. And he's yes. one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You, I, I, I just I don't. <coughs> excuse me. People don't like Baker one hitter, so they're gonna make it <laughs> bad no matter what he does, and so it's fine. But it just like I don't understand. Like a perfect example, Carrie, is what you were talking about earlier. When they drafted him, they loved the – it was moxie. Yeah. Oh, he's got some attitude. He's got some swagger to him. 
and they completely fucking ignore that he gave it to the franchise. Now that franchise has some attitude, has some, you know, we're going to do what we're going to do, and they're modeled after him, but they don't want to acknowledge that because it doesn't fit. And don't get me wrong, Deshaun Watson's a better player. I'm okay with that. Like that, I, I get it. I, but don't act like he doesn't have cause. If it was Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield's like, yeah, I probably would have made the same move. I get it. Like, fine. But as it was, but you it's a told guy me one thing, you did another. sexual assault cases, civil litigation that, cases against him. No matter what anybody tells you, that, that story's not over. Like, don't tell me it is. There's no way. Well, now, because he, he wants to settle these cases, obviously, while he's making a million dollars. But it's going to go past that, apparently. So he's going to be on the hook for his $47 million or whatever he's making that next year. Like, they're going to come after that money, not the million he's making this year. Yeah. Nobody's gonna, they're like, yeah. oh, we'll just hang out. We're good. I do wonder if Baker will speak next week or if it'll be like no Browns questions allowed or something. Or he might just, they might just stick a microphone in front of him while they dedicate the statue at halftime and then he'll leave. No idea. I bet. I would be a little surprised if he didn't knowing, talk. knowing the, loosely the group of people that are coming to town, I bet he's around quite a bit on Saturday or throughout the weekend. I think they're trying yeah. to really kind of make this into a big yeah. event with the alumni and getting guys back. I mean, shit, we've talked about how much. It's just been important for the you know current players to see some of these guys back. I think it's going to be kind of a blowout of, you know, a, a who's who of uh, yesteryear and maybe a little bit of a fuck you to Lincoln Riley. I don't know. Let, let's we get, haven't heard let's Baker, Baker running the NIL show. Yet. Just let Baker call it a day in the NFL, and he can run OU's NIL. I'll help him. I think the only thing that he said publicly, Bob, is just like basically a. Uh, Put something up on Instagram, a picture of uh, BV, you know, when they were the the passing of the visor at the Alamo Bowl postgame. And it was basically kind of a like moving forward. Like, I, I can't remember. I, I guess I'd call it an endorsement. It was like, a you know, we're ready to go or something like mm-hmm. that. It'll be interesting because, yeah, I mean, someone's going to want to ask him about his thoughts on Lincoln and he hasn't shared those yet. And there's no one more attached to Lincoln's legacy than Baker. Baker is, exactly. I mean, sure. Kyler had a great year, but Baker is the face of the Lincoln-Riley era. Baker made Lincoln. He really did. You, I, might I mean, you can say, you can say it about both of them. But, <laughs> I mean, they, they made each other, but, yeah, Lincoln's not the Lincoln he is now without Baker. No, because... Doing what Kyler Murray did, it'd be like, well, Kyler Murray was maybe the greatest high school player in Texas football history. Like, cool. He was supposed to be there, yeah. Yeah, he was supposed to be great. Baker gave him that mystique like, oh, he can turn anybody. I mean, I don't mean that as a shot to Baker. He he was more than people realized. But when he got to OU, no one thought Baker was going to be a Heisman Trophy winner in the next, you know, or the number one overall pick. So he gave Lincoln. Kerry hated him, as I recall. God. I'm gonna find a message board post. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to that the Elite Eleven or the, uh, yeah, that uh, Elite Eleven we went to where we're following Justice Hansen around and in that same camp as Baker Mayfield and that's so crazy that we had pictures from that. Kenny Hill and uh, Kyler was there too. I think that was Tyrone Swoops was there that year, if I remember right. Was Swoops there then, right. or had he? He would have been gone by then. 
Woody, okay. I, I he was long gone, We went when Justice was really young. Yeah, yeah. it was... We followed Justice everywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Since he was I like still a think we have... We still have more Justice Hansen video than every other video we've shot combined. It's true. But yeah, we ignored... You know, everybody ignored Baker when he was there. He was just a kid sure. at that camp. At, you know, I think he had like one offer or something at that point. Swoops yeah. was just a year ahead of, of Justice. Was so he? That, right. that, he yeah, yeah, yeah. there then. So, okay. uh-huh. God, I just associate him with being so long ago for some reason. The 18-wheeler. Uh, okay, so, Josh, uh, I know you're going to have a lot of recruiting and scoop tomorrow. People want to look out for that. Um, anything popping just recent, you know, that's come up this week that's of interest? Oh, Or the Rivals you know, camp. Yeah, the Rivals camp, too, we need to go over. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> we could probably spend 20 minutes talking about the big boy from South Oak Cliff. Um, oh, my God. That guy, that, that, has that's the greatest nickname, like, in it. Fits. It's per. You don't see good nicknames anymore. That is beautiful. It it really and, and I, who are we talking about? I'm gonna. I know. I know the. I know the nickname, but I don't remember his first. I don't. I'm. I'm on the spot now. I'm sitting here looking like what the hell's his name? What the hell's his name? Um. But as I look for that, I will try to uh, you know riff here for a second. Um. He is a guy like he rolls into camp and I'm like that like that guy shouldn't be here. Like I mean that that that's like he he is clearly not what he's supposed to be. Brooks, by the way. Yeah. He guys he's enormous. I mean he is enormous. Even amongst other big high school kids, it's insane how large that kid is. He I mean I think he measured in that day and I've got it here on my desk somewhere, but like 64 360. I mean, he is a. So, so he is man. like, there is, he's not squatty. No, no, he's big. Like, he, he is, he's every bit of 6'4, maybe even 6'5. He's a big kid. And that's, you know, I, I came home and I was hitting up a few, few staffs that I know was like, hey, man, you, you know, maybe, maybe look at this kid. And everybody, like, the exact same response bad body, bad body. Like, it was, it was like the, um, oh, uh, Oh, the baseball movie with Brad Pitt where he's playing uh, Bean, Billy Bean. Um, Moneyball. Oh, Moneyball. Yeah, Moneyball. Where they're like, oh, yeah, he's a bad body. You know, they're talking about Euclid or something. And um, th- that that's what it was. And then you watch him and you're like, God, dog, kid can move his feet. His punch is <laughs> – it's. I, I haven't seen much like it. I mean, like once he got his hands to you, it was over. And I think he went – I think he had 10 reps and he he won nine and when i say he won nine he humiliated people nine times and one guy terrence green who is a uh S, you know got sec big 12 all kinds of power five offers out of the houston area he got him on one rep in the elite finals and then uh, brooks ramsey came back next time or ramsey brooks god i i don't know i'm gonna butcher that um he comes back and beats him like a drum the second time. Like if he can set his butt down and punch with his hands, you you don't have a chance. It's over. Because even if you're quicker than he is, it takes you half an hour to get around the kid. He is large. And so like, you know, you're seeing these little speed rushers that would kind of come up against him and 
They couldn't go anywhere because th- there was no room to maneuver. I Like I said, he's going to have to go somewhere and spend two years working on his body. I mean, he, he, mm-hmm. he is that level of poor conditioning. I mean, th- there's just no other way to say it. But if he'll do that and he gets down to 325, 330, he, he could be an NFL guy. Like, I mean, like the, he is that. Guys, you remember when we saw Marquise Hayes in Kansas City? And we're like, who the hell is that guy? Same sort of feeling. Like, I don't know anything about you, but physical tools are there. It's just, can he commit himself to get into the kind of conditioning he needs to change his body? And guys, you know, he is, he's from a program that did amazing things last year in South Oak Cliff, but do they have the off season conditioning like a lot of places do? No. Do they have, the ability to make, you know, like, kind of, I don't want to say a training table because that's not the right way to say it, but, like, they aren't going to have the same advantages that, like, a kid from Allen is going to have or some of these other places. So I don't know that he's ever really thought about his diet and, like, okay, I need to be eating, you know, X amount of, you know, protein per day. And, like, I don't think he's ever thought of it on that level. So sure. he may get to a program and the weight just falls off of him. Like, I, I don't know. But big guy, long arms, good feet. I, there's a ton to like. I mean, it's not just oh, he's one of those kids doing the you know the internet highlights. He's good. He's really good. And if he can put it all together, he could be outstanding. Yeah, I, I mean, I I can't remember the last time I saw a prospect like that that you're just like you have to overlook a lot and you might get paid mm-hmm. off big time. Josh, it, is he a guy that? kind of like showed up out of nowhere too i mean did he had he put together good tape a year ago or was this a guy that is kind of like okay he shows up to camp we'll see he is big and then you start kind of digging in a little bit more um he i mean like you know he had tape and like i said i mean he went through um uh you know south oak cliffs run to a state championship obviously a very historic sure. year and I mean, like, there's good tape. I mean, and, and God, like, the, the first clip you turn on when you watch him is him against Duncanville. So I mean, like, playing dudes. I mean, like, there's no, you know, there, there, there's no room for anybody soft. You talk about that area of Dallas. There's just talent everywhere. I mean, every week he's playing, playing some squads. I mean, they're, you know, people forget they're the team that knocked out Alito last year. So, um, and, and just talking to the, some of the coaches and people around Alito, they, it, it's not hard to understand why it was guys like him. They were just more physical. They just came up and hit him in the mouth. And you watch him on tape. There's stuff you like. I mean, you can see that punch. I talked about that Duncanville clip. It's a, I believe it was a false start. I'm not looking at it, but I think it was a false start. And the kid comes across his face and he hits him, like just pops him with his hands. Kid falls over. I mean, and this is talking about a Duncanville guy. Like, but I mean, this is. He has unusual power in his hands. Like, it really, like, people think, oh, you know, punch, blah, blah. No. I mean, he really, like, it's it's like dynamite. When he hits big guys, they move. And um, so I, I, I think it was just, again, like, I, I know schools that have been by. I mean, obviously, a lot of schools have gone by to see South Oak Cliff. It's a highly recruited program, especially now that they've won a state title. But the say it's like bad body. Like there are people that are just going to write him off because he is not in good physical condition. And 
you know, you you can take that. I'm I'm usually very opposed to those guys. I want to put a weight on a guy rather than have to take it off of him because I think if you're in that condition, there's a reason for it. Maybe you don't have that self-control to be the guy you need to be. But, man, you don't see guys like this very often that really you're like, man, if you're quick and explosive now, if you lost 40 pounds, holy cow, like you, you could really be somebody. Um, so I, like I said, I, if you told me six months from now, oh, you offered him, it wouldn't shock me. Now he's got to do some work, but I mean, he is that caliber of player. If it can come together, maybe we can do an NIL show with he and Spacemon. Um, <laughs> oh my God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> like his freshman year. Uh, if he comes to Oklahoma, we'll put together NIL show, like a YouTube content series. It'll be like a, like a documentary style. That is amazing. Spacebond be much better uh, trainer than maybe say somebody like me, even in my skinny <laughs> state, and or DJ Durkin. Eddie's just like here, have this Nutrisystem bar. Like that, that's Eddie's training regimen. Yeah, these shakes are really that's good. It. That's it. Like, well, you can have a piece of cheese too. You want some cheese? <laughs> Josh, I know that. Uh, you know, kind of the star, I guess, from the Oklahoma side of things coming out of that was actually a guy that's now at IMG Academy and David Stone. But we ran the uh, your interview with him. I mean, it's that's about as positive as you can possibly get, is it not? I don't know how, you know, like I, I'll say stuff, you know, to our readers who have had their hearts broken. Obviously, they're, they're longtime recruiting fans on our board and they've had their hearts broken. They're like, oh, I don't know if I can trust it. David Stone, uh, I'll, I'll start with this. One of my true tells in recruiting is when you ask a recruit about either another school or a general topic, and they start about one school and they end up talking about the one that you that everybody kind of thinks they're leaning to, it's a dead giveaway. It's a tell. So I asked him about any new schools that were getting involved with him, and he goes, you know, Miami, You know, I kind of like what they're saying. They're on me really hard. They're talking to me a lot. Um, and you know, I think if I was going to stay down in Florida, maybe, maybe that would be where I would consider. And he goes, you know, the coaches are really cool. He kind of, you know, kind of like Oklahoma. And then he literally just goes into an Oklahoma spiel. And I'm like, I, you know, people, you, you can do whatever you want to. And obviously things can change and it's crazy, but right now it's tough to think if there's, I, and I'd have to look at the class of 2024, the top 10, I'd be hard-pressed to believe there's a guy more locked in and likely to one school, even if another kid's committed to that school, than David Stone in Oklahoma. His relationship with Todd Bates is very, very good. He loves Bates, loves what he's about. Um, he was, you know, I, I can't remember if he told this story on camera about the first time he talks to Todd. Todd's like, "You want to hear a poem?" And he's like, "He told he, he did." Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah." Like, you know, like, he's like, I've, I've never had a coach ask me that before. And like, Todd Bates in this damn conversation reads him a poem. And you're just like, what? That is, you know, it's not for show, man. It's something he, he does. And I, David loved it. I mean, just loved it. And so, you know, I, like I said, I, if you would have told me a year ago, that's a conversation I would be having about a major recruit. I'd have been like, there's no way in hell they're getting that guy. That's some weird thing. Like that, n no kid's going to respond to that. But no, I mean, like they, they, they're again. He's just another guy that loves Todd Bates.
So is he going to be like the first example of seeing, like, in terms of you think he's going to commit, but does he, if he wants to keep taking these these visits, is it just still the process you have to go through? And it, isn't that so interesting, too, because he's not a kid that can just get to Norman, say he gets bored on a Tuesday night and wants to go hang out with guys. Like, he's obviously in Bradenton. He's in Florida. He's at IMG yeah. right now. I mean, he said, I believe in the interview. Again, we talked a lot off camera. We talked a lot, a lot on, so I apologize for people that are like, Josh can't remember what the interview was. They're, it just runs together a little bit on me. Um, but he was, you know, he was talking about, like, if I could, if, if I still lived in Dell City, I'd have gone to OU five or six more times than I have. Like, he, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he'd be down there every weekend kind of thing. Like that, That's where he's at right now. And, you know, he's going to be up there for the spring game. Uh, that was something I kind of expected, but he, he confirmed uh, that he'll be up there next weekend. Or I guess, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, April 23rd. But he is, um, uh, like I said, I, I just think it's probably good for Oklahoma because when to have him is one thing. To also have Stacy Gage, who seems like a heavy OU lean at this moment, and to have both of them at the most talent-rich program in the country, and have guys confiding. You know, I asked I asked David about it on the interview. Jordan Johnson Rebel told me that David's been selling him on Oklahoma, like that. that that's nothing but good, considering that that kid has you know some affiliation with the school, but doesn't know it well. So you're getting these. It's not just like. Oh, this guy that I don't really know, or this three-star guy from another state. This probable five-star defensive lineman is telling, you know, teammate of mine is like, "Hey, we should go to Oklahoma together." Like, you throw that in the pot with Brent Venables and Todd Bates, and all they can sell a kid on, man, that's that that's a recipe. I mean, that 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 can win you some recruits, and it's why we're seeing Oklahoma getting some looks from you know major major defensive targets already. I did think it was kind of cool, too, that he talked about, and I don't know, maybe this just tugged at the uh, OK Preps heartstrings, and it's kind of weird that he left OK Preps to go do this, but he kind of understands the responsibility and the uniqueness of being a kid from Oklahoma that's getting the opportunity to play at IMG and representing the state. I thought that was I kind of cool to a certain extent. Like, he I, seems like I, a very bright kid, That I guess is what I'm trying to say. He really is. That that's the most time I've had a chance to like David and I DM a lot. We text message a lot. Like we we've got that, but that was the longest I've had to really sit and talk with him. And like you know, we're I'm talking to him while he's going through drills, and we're kind of you know goofing around and that kind of stuff. But he um just listening to him talk about the whole process of going to IMG because when I talk to a lot of guys that, that have made that move. They're like, oh, it's amazing, and the facilities and the training, it's just, you know, everything's gone to a different level. It was tough for David. David admits it. Yep. Like, the the schedule of it was difficult, the the whole thing. Like, you can tell he really struggled with that. And, um, sorry, I just read something on Twitter so damaging that I can't, I, I'm, I'm having to recollect my thoughts here. Um but no, it, David Stone, like he he does. He he loves being from Oklahoma. That matters to him. That's an important thing. And I don't. I I mean, David pretty much told me like he didn't want to go. This wasn't his call. This was something his parents thought was for the best for him. Would help him get more notoriety, more attention, maybe help him develop as a player. 
and kind of see, you know, where he was in the hierarchy. I mean, David's been the best athlete on the field his entire – I mean, he was a freshman at Dell City, and everybody's like, oh, he's going to be a five-star. He's going to be an All-American. Like, everybody knew it. He's not like the guy that had to climb through the ranks. Everybody knew David was special. And I I wonder if this is good. And I, I don't think David's an arrogant kid. I don't really even see any risk of that, really. But I wonder if it's good for him to realize there's other guys out there like him. You know, there's special dudes that are just different than everybody else. And I think he'll grow from that. But I, I, I don't think there's any question that Oklahoma, the state, as well as the university, means a lot to him. Well, how many, guys, I, how many guys have we seen that have gone into their sophomore or junior seasons that, you know, we talk like, oh, this guy could be the next real big thing to come out of Oklahoma. And then by the time they get to the middle of their senior season, it's like he never really made that jump from his junior year into the quote unquote elite player that you thought he could be. So, I mean, you're right. Like, I, I, I am kind of fascinated to see. Uh, because even when we saw, you know, David, I saw him play once, I think last year against Booker T and then Josh, you came down and see him, you saw him play against North. It's like, he has really nice plays at times, but do you turn on the tape and he's like the dominant defensive tackle that maybe like a Gerald McCoy was by the time he was a senior at Southeast? I I don't know. I I don't know if I could get that far yet. No, no, he's not there yet. Like that's a hundred percent. Like, and Going, I mean, you know, and I asked David, like, what a number 10 guy in the 2024 class, everybody's got him as a five star. By the time he's done, he'll probably have an offer from anywhere he could want to go. What's the advantage of going to a rivals camp? And he was like, I just want to come compete. Like, I just like playing football and like being out here. And those are the kind of guys that continue to get better. And that, and that's what he'll do. I mean, he went against some good offensive linemen, uh, in Dallas. Um, Face some of the some guys I really liked, including a, a young offensive lineman that's going to be at the spring game as well uh, from from uh, Richland in, in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So there are um, he's a guy. Like I said, I think IMG will be good for him because he'll see it as a chance to get better, and that's what David knows he needs to do, knows he wants to do, and that's part of what appeals to him so much about Oklahoma and Todd Bates is that he knows. Bates is going to push him and make him as good as he possibly can be. And I, I think David is one of those guys that, like I said, some young guys, when they're, they know they're good really early on, it's kind of like what you talk about. They don't become great into high school for a variety of reasons, but sometimes it's because they were told they were great and they kind of thought job done. You know, I, Hey, I'm here. I'm just going to wait for college now. And then some guys like David, just see that as, well, you know, how, how far can I go? How far can I push this? And I think that's where David is because uh, as good as he is, David's not a perfect prospect by any stretch. I mean, like, he's kind of a tweener. Um, you have to see where he's going to play. Is he a defensive end for OU? Is he a three-tech? I think he's probably a three-tech. But, I mean, he's 6'3", you know, 260, 265. I mean, he's not the clear-cut, like, oh, he's going to be this or he's going to be that. He has some maturing to do. Like, there's still a lot of room for him, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what becomes of him. But I, I don't have a lot of doubt of him being a quality player because he has the right mindset for it. All right, I think maybe we should uh, let Josh stop talking because I can tell there's some wheezing going on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's not. <laughs> so pretty. you're talking it, basketball portal time. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot going on out there. Uh, and obviously, Elijah Harkless's name, I don't yes. think we talked about that last week. That, that must have happened after the pod. Yeah, but, it happened Monday. Yeah. Uh, such a surprising uh, development to see his name in there. And uh, I know you've talked to OU's newest uh, transfer portal um, victory, I guess you could call it, uh, depending on whether he can play or not. But what an interesting dude. Uh, I, I'll let you say his last name because I'm not even sure how to say it yet. Eddie, I'll let you say it because you did it so well. The simile. No, you I'm just <laughs> kidding. Okay, good. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Joe Bamisil. You got it. Boom. Joe Bamisil from George Washington. And, you know, I uh, listen, I, I don't know how much this kid, obviously he's going to need the waiver. But when you flip on his highlights, I mean, the kid is Obviously athletic. He was a top 100 guy coming out of high school. He's kind of taken a strange uh, path to Norman just as far as being his fourth college, but, uh, or I guess third college technically. But uh, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot to like there, Bob. I mean, it sounds like he wants to, you know, with, just with your interview with him, he wants to return to a little bit more of a, a slower way of life. Didn't yeah. necessarily like D.C., Blamed it all on Joe Biden, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> but I, 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 I get it. Like I, he's somebody that you know. I, it's it's interesting with these transfers, and you know, especially with the Elijah thing. And I don't know how much him and Porter butted heads, but just from what we've seen with Porter and how he runs a program, I think you got to be a certain type of player to want to be coached that hard, especially nowadays. Yeah, I'm still trying to piece together what happened. With- EJ, because even after he got hurt, he had been on social media tweeting Porter's praises. And, you know, we talked last month where it felt like California schools were trying to bring Harkless back home. But when that report came out a couple of weeks ago that Harkless was coming back, you'd, you'd breathe that sigh of relief that he was going to be there. So Monday's news still caught me by surprise. I don't think they're correlated. I really don't. Bam, that Bamasil's coming in as Harkless is going out. But you look at Bamasil, what's his waiver going to be? Is it going to be approved? They're going to lean, I think, on that mental health a lot because he he said it probably five or six times in a 10-minute conversation just how much better he's going to feel mentally leaving the city life, leaving D.C. and coming to someplace like Norman, even though he's never been here. You know, I, I wrote he Google Earth, he Google Earth Norman <laughs> and looked and saw the surrounding area. And he's like, this fits me better. This is where I, I, I need to go. And you're going to lean on the fact that George Washington fired its coach, Jamie and Christian, because that's one of the reasons why he went to that school. So you've got the mental health. You've got the fired coach. Is that going to be enough? And then that's what we're going to find out. And it's funny because. You know, he was committed to Northwestern, but he signed with Virginia Tech. But when he was committed to Northwestern, that's the bond that developed with Emmanuel Dildy, who, of course, is now OU's assistant. And so when he went into the portal from George Washington, Dildy reached out immediately. And this happened very quickly. I know he announced Monday, but he made it almost sound like within the first couple of days of being in the portal, Boom, he knew he wanted to be a Sooner, and he's someone that averaged six, you know, uh, 16 points per game last year, 45% from the field, 35% from three, and Porter knows he needs scoring, he needs shooters. This is the first of, 
I think probably two or three that are going to be in that same regard, just shooting, scoring. And then of course you're going to have to get a guy in a post in, uh, in the post too. But more than anything else, he recognized one through four, you can't have two of those guys that are not offensive threats. And this is his way of kind of going about that. And you see, I mean, you see all these guys, you know, getting in the portal now and, you know, the NCAA is locked down on finding out how, you know, who's going in the portal and stuff. So sometimes you have to rely on these reports, but you see all these guys with these massive lists of schools and Oklahoma's included in a lot of them. Like what's, what's out there that's reality that you can right. figure out at this uh, and, point. Yeah. That's why the only concrete visitor we know is Tyreek Key from Indiana State who just arrived in Lubbock today for his Texas Tech visit, and he'll be at Tennessee next weekend, and then OU the following weekend. I don't know when the Ole Miss visit is scheduled yet. I know because th- those were his final four uh, schools, but if OU's the last visit, maybe you feel good about that. You know he's got the connections with with Porter Moser, not necessarily like a relationship, but they played each other for a couple years, Loy- you know, Loyola against Indiana State. So, you, you know, they're very familiar with each other. And here's someone who scored 17 points per game in 2021, who had a shoulder injury in November that canceled his entire season last year. So nothing to fall back on there. But again, scoring, shooting, someone that he absolutely would bring that to the table. But this this is the type of win you've got to get. I mean, Texas Tech, Tennessee, that's a couple really nice schools in terms of recent history, uh, basketball success. You know, Porter can get this. That you know, again, that's when you start winning those battles that maybe you weren't, and then you're starting to establish things and getting your guys in and fielding that team that you you really want to show on a night in night out basis. All right, um, I think that just about wraps it up. I will tell you guys. Nothing been, on the nothing on the coaching front either, right, Bob? No, not yet. I, I'm I admit I'm just sort of you're just sort of scrambling. Is like, is Porter going to go after another one of his Loyola like connections? Could mm-hmm. he possibly just promote someone like a Clayton Custer? I think it'd be too early, but about, sure, you know something that's obviously could be in the realm possibility. David Patrick's been at Sacramento State now. He had his press conference. He's there. Dil, I know Dildy is still here. OU, K, you know, KT Turner's at OU, but he hasn't been very active in recent weeks. And so there's still speculation. Is he going to remain with the staff or was Louisville just not the spot that he's going to end up with when it's all said and done? So still work, work to be done there. You know, you loved what the staff had last year but you knew it wasn't going to stay together long and it really didn't so yeah you're still looking for a couple portal guys i think that's why last week they had hit pause to address the coaching stuff and this weekend this last weekend live evaluation they made a couple offers including one the 2023 ada prospect caden cooper and then this week you get right back into the portal and it seems like it's it's back to business as usual. Like nothing's caught them off guard and they're doing exactly what they've been trying to get accomplished throughout this week. All right. Um, appreciate the time today, gentlemen. Uh, I will tell you guys that you've caught me in one of the best moods in a while. 
uh, because I've gotten a lot done at the office and we're about ready to get the uh, internet up and going and functional, um, which has been, I think I was there for like 4.30 to like 4 yesterday. Uh, been up there already today. Uh, Josh, unfortunately, I just ordered some stuff off of Amazon. Uh, Shit. Only, only like $100 <laughs> worth of cable, so, you know. God, I'm so scarred. Like anything less than like 500 I'm like, sweet, victory. I've won. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't hit you up with any of the next major purchases. But you know what? You can help me to calm Josh down if you just go to the Soonerscoopstore.com. Soonerscoopstore.com. We've got new hats in stock. Uh, We've got new hats that I haven't even had a chance to put on the website yet, but that's coming here in the next few days. Uh, If you like the trucker hats, we've got some of those in stock. If you're, I know some, like, I don't really have a lot of friends that are, like gay biker, I guess is a trucker hat guy, but I don't know a whole lot of trucker hat guys, and I certainly don't know flat bill guys. I don't. I'm not cool enough to hang out with guys that rock the flat bills, but we have yeah, some I, of those in stock. People out there, okay, it's either I feed my children or we don't have, or, you know, or video equipment. So if you want to see sexy skinny Eddie on video. <laughs> Got to buy some shirts. Got to buy some hats. Let's let's get it going. Here, and I, I, I put all the Isaiah Thomas leftover stock 50% off. So, I mean, uh, we want it, We really need to... Oh, we, I hit my microphone. I'm so passionate about it. We really need <laughs> to get those out of the store. Uh, it's dirt cheap. $14 for t-shirts. Hoodies are like $22.50. Um, so, Soonerscoopstore.com. Go buy that stuff up. Uh, it'll help Isaiah, it'll help uh, the boys home, it'll help us just to get it out of the, the office uh, so we can move on and start working on other NIL deals. And uh, But yeah, the office is coming along great. Uh, I'm sure if you followed me on Twitter, you see some pictures or Instagram. Uh, I'm throwing that stuff up because I know a lot of people kind of want to see the progress. So uh, I'm hoping that, that we'll be functional and have Wi-Fi in there. We're not giving out the password. I don't care how many people ask me. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in a very good mood because all this work is finally starting to kind of show. Right. So it's, it's going to be awesome. So, all right. Um, and I won't beat anybody over the head with baseball stuff this week. We'll save it. <sighs> Even after the win against tech. Oh, that's just, they a, played well, I mean, it's they, the bullpen, listen, they have, they have, they have about three weeks. They have about 12 games loosely. Uh, they step out of conference play this weekend, play Lamar and Pacific, and then Kansas, and then Kansas State and Big 12 play, and then they return back with Dallas Baptist like that first weekend of May, second weekend of May, I think. They can rack up a, a, a bunch of wins over the next couple weeks and really kind of position themselves for the back end of the Big 12 slate. Uh, and, I mean, let's be honest. They need to find some arms in the bullpen that can get outs in the 7th uh, and 8th innings because if they do they that— They need to find some arms that can just throw some damn strikes is what they need. I mean, I mean, they got guys that can throw strikes. It's just it's it's been uh, not great. If they if they don't blow, you know, if they win one of those games, whether it be the Sunday game against Texas or the Saturday night game against OSU, and end up winning the series, just one of those series. Yep. This is a I'm top just saying, team when right you're up seven one, bring in guys that are going to throw the ball and and over the plate and not get down in the count like over and over and over again, and then walking people and giving up hits. It's just. I, it's just baseball, I know, but I mean, God, it drives me crazy. Eddie, I mean, with, oh, with I a know. with a good, not great, just good bullpen. Is this a top fifteen team right now? 
I mean, yeah, they've beaten yeah. Texas and they've beaten Oklahoma State. And they, and they if, I mean, if, if, if they win both wins of those over seasons, each, that's a lot a of ifs each. there. But had they done that, we're talking about a team that might be pushing the top twelve. I mean, OSU and Texas are top five teams in the country right now. Oh, there's a reason why OU is nineteen and twelve. Their RPIs eighteenth this morning, and they have the number two strength of schedule in the country. I mean, you're talking about a team that is really starting to position themselves to host a regional. And that's why it sucks on the back end that, that you look and you look up and that they lose those games. Uh, you know, they they just can't go out now. And now that they can finally, this is the first time that they're going to go into a weekend where they're not playing a top 10 opponent. Hey, I, I half expected them to blow it Tuesday against Tech. Yeah, and I think that that's just the only the normal reaction because you know what is back there. So, I mean, they just Bob, need to find scarred. some arms that they can rely on. And if they do that, uh, who knows? You you want to make the dance, and then you want to make be able to make some noise once you get into the NCAA tournament. But uh, you know, Big Twelve's tough, and obviously with TCU and Texas Tech, uh, West Virginia, who's been the surprise team of the Big Twelve so far in the conference. Although they get Oklahoma State coming into this weekend after their five and one start, uh, it's going to be interesting. And you know, obviously, uh, there's still a lot to play for there. College baseball is college baseball, and then the softball team. Uh, they'll just continue to be oh unbelievable. I, I, mean, I, just I would advise anybody to go look at Ryan Aber's uh, tweet thread about the things that they're doing as they go to Texas this weekend, which Texas is good. I mean, they're 31 and 10 and one this year. Uh, but, you know, oh, you has a chance to go, what, 39 and 0 with a sweep? Yep. It's unbelievable. But if OU is so good, they just told the NCAA, uh, we don't want any home series for the playoffs. Just put us on the road. We just went on the road. We want to, we want well, to win it the, the hard way. way. That, the way that some people vote in those uh, those polls, I guess that they might have to end up getting like the number three <laughs> overall seat or something. Yeah, something insane. No kidding. By the way, do we know Baker's dog's name? No, but that thing is awesome, isn't it? That was pretty cool. I mean, that dog and Sassy, uh, they, they are in the Internet Hall of Fame uh, in the last year. Sassy, the dog uh, of the uh, plane owner. Well, I think it was a wheels up, but um, man, I can't. It's uh, the the guy's daughter's married to McCasland. Um, to Cameron McCasland, I think. Oh, she. Fo- I'm gonna be. I'm in trouble because I know she follows me. Um, I've had him on the radio, but yeah. Uh, that dog is that a corgi? Anybody know? Can know. you tell, Josh? I have no idea. Are we talking about Baker's or are we talking about Sassy? Baker's dog. I don't think I saw it. It looked like a corgi. Yeah, you just, I mean, well, uh, all you can see is its belly for right. most of the video. So just laying like a beach well. <laughs> that was fantastic. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. We'll be back again next week. And again, it'll be on Thursday because uh, unless something changes, which I don't expect it to, uh, media on Monday and Wednesday. Uh, so that means we're potting on Thursday until after the spring game. Then we'll be back to Wednesdays. But uh, thanks, guys. Uh, appreciate all the info and all the fun. And we'll be back again at it next week right here on the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.